0: Since I've come back, I have been dating, yeah, not just men, I've been dating everyone. Um, And that's been a huge change for me and it's been a really positive one. Um, Whitehorse and the Yukon has a really lovely queer community and it's really helped me feel like part of the community. This
1: is Frisky.
2: North of 60.
1: We bring you stories about love Love and and dating dating
2: in the the North.
0: North.
2: I'm your host, Karen McCall, and I'm joined by co-host... Jordan Patrick. We are recording in Whitehorse, Yukon, north of the 60th parallel.
1: Where it is winter, seven whole months of the year.
2: And it's not just a way of life, dog mushing.
1: It's also a way to meet chicks. Hello, Frisky listeners.
2: Hey, people.
1: Jordan, should we do a plug for our Valentine's Day show?
2: Most definitely, if you haven't already heard about it through our CBC radio interview with Dave White last week.
1: Yeah. Uh, I kind of hate Valentine's Day, actually, because it's just, you know, quote, a quote, hallmark holiday. But I still, I don't know, it just still seems like an appropriate time to talk about love or like love that doesn't work.
2: Or the obligation to show your love?
1: So we thought because we're releasing our podcast usually on Sundays, and that's February 14th, that we would do an episode about love, how you met someone, um, maybe languages of love, like what it is about someone that makes you like them more, or like love that didn't work out.
2: Yeah, like I was thinking like an invitation for people to share whatever stories um, that come to mind. Yeah, we want your stories, people. Yeah. We want to share them.
1: We're glad people are listening, but we also would love to hear from people who are listening as well. So um, that doesn't just apply to the Valentine's Day show, but um, we just thought we'd plug that.
2: So, how can they send us their stories or interest in sharing stories, Karen?
1: They can email us frisky north of 60 at gmail.com. They can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We have, like, I think four followers right now on Twitter, and I'm one of them. So, we have three. So, if you want to follow us on Twitter, that would also be great at frisky north of 60. Um, I think those are the main channels.
2: Yeah. Funny fact. Did you know that in Japan, they sort of celebrate a second Valentine's Day?
1: I didn't know that.
2: They call it white day or white day. (laughs) And it's literally just like buy more stuff for your partner. Uh-huh. And is I, it
1: like a week later like oh, oh like you screwed up you forgot yeah. valentine's day now Sorry. you have to make up for it
2: memory is coming back to me it's been a <laughs> while it's actually switched so valentine's day the men in japan and this is very like gender binary here but um the men buy woman something valentine's day but then white day is like all right ladies the woman buys something for the men white day but my experience and what people have just told me is like no the guys end up buying stuff on white day too for ladies like
1: right so basically it's just pushing more consumerism
2: yeah more or less
1: okay well today's episode is all about um a woman who is a bnr
2: explain the term bnr and (laughs) i'm not gonna say is this a fetish
1: (laughs) no like last episode when i was giving you the eyes
2: (laughs) i'm so glad you didn't cut it i'm glad we kept it
1: Um, So BNR is born and raised. And um, a lot of people who grew up in Whitehorse or the Yukon um, will say that they are a BNR. Um, And sometimes that's used in sort of, I guess, a a sort of, well, it's often used in a a proud way. Um, Like you must have come across that in your time here.
2: Yeah, I, I get myself lucky to have a few BNR friends.
1: Yeah, me too, actually. Because I'm like,
2: I've been accepted.
1: Yeah, it, it's <laughs> a different level of of uh, acceptance because you're like, oh, this person's been here well their whole life, on and off, and they've accepted me, and not just because we arrived here at the same time or something.
2: Although I have to begrudgingly admit that I'm from Unterrable from time to time.
1: <laughs> yes, there's a lot of you here. I mean, I'm from Alberta, so it's also Alberta arable in some way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in this episode, we talked to Sarah. She's a musician. Uh, she grew up in Whitehorse. Um, and like a lot of people who grew up here, she left to go to school. She lived in Calgary. She lived in Toronto. She toured across um, Canada and U.S. playing music. And then she moved back to Whitehorse. And so this interview is about her experience moving back and what she's learned along the way. For Sarah, moving back to a community of, well, when she left it, it was a few thousand people, smaller, but moving back to a community that's quite small. Like when you and I go on Tinder or online dating apps, we know a lot of people. But imagine if you grew up here and you're like, I've known you since grade one. Like that's a whole different (laughs) ballpark.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That's gotta be... I don't know. It's almost like you feel like you both know one another, but you don't know what you don't know.
1: Well, and how much How much have you changed? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I do ask Sarah about whether or not she has had any connections with people she grew up with and a whole bunch of other questions about what, what she has learned since she moved back to Whitehorse, which was about three years ago. So let's turn it over to Sarah now. Awesome. Uh, so you... Left Whitehorse when you were about 19, and you moved back after a breakup. Um,
0: What was it like coming back after a few years away? Um, The main thing that I remember about coming back was being floored by the land and the mountains and all of those things that I had not noticed when I was a kid at all. Um, and just being super taken with the Yukon again and just being around the plants and the environment and all those things that I grew up in was really powerful. You said you were coming back after a breakup. Did did that landscape also help to sort of like heal you or to kind of replenish you? Absolutely. I um, just spent a lot of that first winter I was back. I spent A ton of time outside walking a dog and um, just, yeah, thinking. And it was really, really good. I was also, uh, I moved back in with my parents and, um, yeah, it was a really good time to have a bunch of family around and uh, get the support from them.
1: You weren't ready to date, like, as soon
0: as you moved back, it sounds like definitely not. I was coming out of a 4-year relationship and well, actually I kind of got into another relationship on my way back. <laughs> there was long distance. And then uh he came up here for a bit and then it was it was I learned my lesson from that that I needed to not get into another relationship for a while. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. (laughs) So when you were ready to date again, um, how did you, how did you go about getting back into the dating scene here?
0: Um, Tinder. Surprise, surprise. Uh, started swiping on Tinder. And at first it was so weird. I was super nervous about it. Um, that my first matches, I remember like seeing them in person for the, like after we had matched and then not said anything, seeing them in person and being completely mortified, But slowly I got used to it. And I think there was a couple... I mean... Yeah, there were probably months and months of swiping and not meeting anyone. I think maybe... That spring I had one date, it was not good. It kind of ended with like me saying... Oh, I don't want to... I don't really think this is going to work. And them saying... Whatever. I didn't want to go to your stupid birthday party anyway. <laughs> like, You got this all wrong. And I was just like, oh, no, this is not for me. So definitely I haven't had much success on Tinder up here.
1: You, you said when you first went on Tinder again, it was kind of terrifying and hilarious because also you grew up here. So you would have Absolutely. seen a lot of people you knew.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of people lots of people I knew from high school and other things or people that like felt way younger than me when I was a kid but then I realized they're only like they actually could be in my dating range now but like I associate them with being in my little brother's peer group or my friend's little siblings peer groups and that was kind of hilarious or like seeing kids who had bullied me or like so many weird things.
1: When you're young, like a year or two, age difference feels huge. Yeah, absolutely. Do any of your friends ever ask you uh, for, I guess, dirt or or if you know someone on Tinder, since you're more likely to know someone who,
0: who grew up here? Yeah, it happens fairly often. We, I have a couple of friends that I uh, share our matches with and ask like, oh, who is this person? They look interesting what are they all about? And I I recently had that happen. And it was pretty funny. A dear friend of mine said, what's the deal with this person? And I had to just go into this long, hilarious story that, uh, yeah, it it made uh, my friend maybe say, that's a bit of a red flag. (laughs) Can you tell me what that story is? Yeah, no, definitely growing up here and going on some dates with people from your past has been pretty hilarious. And I ended up, uh, yeah, meeting up with someone who I'd like had, you know, kind of an off and on flirtation with through the years. Typically with people uh, whose families are here, there it's very often that you see them once a year at Christmas or like or summer is when people come back. And so it always feels like sometimes people move here and then they bail again, and so this, yeah, this guy I had decided to um, go on a date with, and ended up hanging out with, um, yeah, it was good, but it was also the day before New Year's, which is not, it's a pretty weird, it's like hooking up the day before Valentine's Day, it's pretty weird, he was having a party afterwards, and I decided to, like, play it cool, and not go, um, until... Pretty late at night. I think I showed up about one o'clock, and by the time you didn't want to be there for the New Year's kiss. No, no, no. <laughs> and I ended up ha- like partying with some other friends of mine in a community of mine that I was more excited about hanging out with at New Year's. I was having a fun time there, and I thought, oh, I'll stop by this party where my old friends are gonna be. And I show up there, and this guy's just completely plastered. Um, Comes up very kind of assuming that I'm there to hook up with him again. But I, yeah, was not drinking at the time. Quit drinking fairly recently and I just had wanted no part of it. But he comes up and hugs me and then licks the inside of my arm. <laughs> In front of all of our friends. This is completely mortifying. Um, I kind of pull away like, Ugh. and... Uh, Makes a lewd comment also in front of all of our friends about his tongue and where it else has been. And uh, just awful. I'm completely mortified. I'm trying to get away. And then, yeah, grabs my butt. And from then on, through all my friends, this person has been known as arm licker, ass grabber. And it has been a bit of a, a meme and a joke, but holy man.
1: What not to do on a a second non-date date. I can see why you didn't recommend that guy to your friend.
0: Exactly. And it, it did actually solidify some things for me. It took me, um, yeah, really uh, quite a long time to feel like being involved with, like, a cis man around alcohol for, yeah, quite a while. But the thing is, is... He's still, as much as I feel like he should be canceled for me, like, we have been, like, slightly in contact because he's just an old friend and, like, a person that I have seen. And, you know, yeah, as much as I have no desire to ever see that person around alcohol again, who knows? (laughs) Did he ever apologize
1: for his actions? Yes, about a year later. (laughs)
0: Wow. Was he drinking when he apologized as well? Don't know. Wasn't in person. Okay. I assume not, but it's hard to know. What's,
1: I guess, been the biggest change for you since coming back to the Yukon?
0: Um. Well, since I've come back, I have been dating, yeah, not just men. I've been dating everyone. Um, and that's been a huge... Change for me, and it's been a really positive one. Um, Whitehorse and the Yukon has a really lovely queer community, and it's really helped me feel like part of the community. Um, and I'd say that would be the the biggest change, and also just the level of respect I have for myself and my um, my own boundaries are a lot better than when I was last year, which makes sense because. 10 years have passed, so, of course. Like, when I think back to hookups and dating things as a young person, like, it's just, it's horrible. I don't know if everyone has that feeling, but, yeah. Young, early 20s, just risky and emotionally risky situations that I just would never put myself in now. Yeah, I I feel the
1: same. <laughs> we'll do a future episode about what we wish we could tell our younger selves. I think, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, in terms of dating um, people who are not just men, how how have you connected with the the queer community? Um,
0: well, I guess it slowly it started with Tinder in a way because that's kind of a really soft way to come out because you change your settings that you see everyone and then the only people that you're kind of coming out to are also queer. So that um was pretty an easy way to do that and I mean it it took a long time for me for sure to get comfortable um in my hometown around that and just making some queer friends and then going to their parties and um yeah, it's been really, really lovely. Did you have any,
1: um, I guess, conversations with other queer people that you knew growing up, but you guys maybe weren't presenting as queer at the time and sort of like a sort of almost like a mutual coming
0: out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's even a strange way, like, yeah, to like match with old friends of yours on Tinder. And like, what do you do when you see your friends? Like, maybe you knew do you swipe right on your friends when you see them or do you super like them or do you just swipe no because you don't want to deal you don't want to go there like what do you do
1: yeah I think I usually swipe no because I'm afraid of awkwardness um yeah it's it's a tough one it's always like sometimes I just like put my phone down and walk away from it because I'm like I don't know what to do with this right now yeah
0: no I definitely have been there for sure but uh no it's been yeah it's been good and there are some connections that I've made with people that I've known peripherally at least visually for ages and it's really nice to get to know them as adults so
1: you said, uh, like, well, I guess, is, is the Yukon a, a good place to meet um, queer or non-binary folks? It,
0: it seems like it. I have, um, yeah, it seems like a bit of a haven for queer people in some ways. I uh, Yeah, growing up, I kind of knew that with just the amounts of my um, adults in my community growing up. Um seems like there's always been a you know a fairly healthy community here of yeah particularly of queer women who live in cabins and do the whole Yukon
1: thing. Uh, If I was to quote you again um, you mentioned you said
0: uh, the Yukon's a, a lesbian paradise. I think it is a bit of a lesbian paradise I mean that's what I I just I don't I don't have any theories as to why that is, other than there are loads of great queer women up here, and then more come because of that. But I, I'm i not sure why. But you were saying that there's a definitely a pretty high per capita number in the North in general.
1: Yes, I'll, I'm actually meant to look that up before this interview. And it was from a news article a few years ago that said that Okay, so I'm just going to jump in here because I did find the article I was mentioning. It's from 2017. It's a CBC article and it states that uh, census data from 2016 shows that the capitals of Yellowknife, Northwest Territories and Whitehorse, Yukon have more same-sex female couples per capita than any other city in Canada. And they said that it was actually um, double the Canadian average and the highest among all Canadian cities.
0: Well, I, I believe it. I mean.
1: I guess, do you want to sh- share any stories about, like, nice or, or not nice uh, dates you've been on with people in the queer community? Um.
0: Yeah, mostly, they've all been really nice. Unlike some of my other dates. <laughs> um. Yeah, they've been really lovely dates. And, uh, yeah, I mean, post-COVID, it's been a lot of... You know, maybe meet for an outdoor coffee and then go for a walk. Um, I live out of town and there's lots of really great walks. Or I've had some really romantic fire dates. Just like cook a dinner on a fire. And yeah, it's been really, yeah, it's been really nice.
1: Is the dynamic way different on a first date with a woman than with a man for you? Yes. Big time. Um
0: I think that it's about, um, yeah, my personal history and just in general, like, the things that you learn growing up in this world and existing as a woman and the, you know, the danger of going... Yeah, meeting up with strangers, particularly who are cis men, that's a different level of comfort for me personally. And I think for a lot of people, you know, we've always been told like, if you're going to date on the internet, make sure you meet in a public place. And I've had people, well, I've had some really bad um, interactions on Tinder with cis guys who are like, oh, yeah, I'll just pick you up. Let's go for a drive. Is like, um, let me think about that for a second. Like, first of all, COVID. Second of all, no. Look, like, I'm not getting in a car with you. I don't know you. That is not, that's never going to happen.
1: Yeah, probably some well and. I mean, presumably, hopefully, most of these people are well-intentioned, but just, like, maybe having, like, no understanding of the vulnerability that that could put us, like, women at.
0: Absolutely. And just kind of no understanding. I remember saying that to someone on a first date, and his reaction was, oh, yeah, you know, uh, people talk. And I was like, what? Where are you going with this? You think this is a small town, and I'm worried about my reputation? Like, no, this is about my safety. How do you like what
1: um what's it like so I guess, yeah, start- starting to date women in your like mid to late twenties like that must be kind of exciting because it opens up a whole new world in so many
0: ways, yeah, absolutely, like it's been really great, and you know, looking back on being a kid, yeah, like. These feelings have always been there, but I just wasn't allowing myself to kind of, yeah, be out to myself, I guess. Um, and it's it has been really great. It does open up a huge community of people, especially in the Yukon. Um, there are so many... Um, rad women and non-binary folks here and not very many available cis men here as you've talked about before as every single head woman i've ever known in this town has talked about
1: (laughs) and it sounds like for you the queer I mean, sure, like dating women is one thing, but then also just being part of this community of of women as well. You've met people through that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And it's, you know, moving back here, I did have to do a bunch of work to uh, build a community and make real friends again that were just particularly like just my friends. It was really easy for me to exist in the first couple years that I was here. I was living at my parents' place. And they're incredibly social people. My brother and sister-in-law, um, I'm super close with them as well. And so I kind of had all of my own, like my social needs were being met just in that bubble, um, which has been amazing for COVID because that is how I've been able to survive as a single person without going into um A mental health crisis is still having this bubble of like very social beings that I have a lot of common interests in with, and being able to do activities that we all like together has been so great. So, when I kind of came out of a year of that and just recovering from the breakup and reacting to moving here, I was like, oh man, like I'd like to go on some dates, but like I really need to find some friends. And, um, yeah, it just kind of happened that I started hanging out with some really great people and was able to have, you know, make my own community that I, yeah, it's a thing growing up here too. You can, you have these old friends, uh, from being a kid here and it's really great to reconnect with them as adults. And I've had some really super lovely times doing that too, um, And then, um, yeah, your family, friends, and your family, and it's so easy to get sucked into that and not kind of, like, build a community for yourself as an adult. And so um, definitely the core community has been a part of that for me. And same with the music community. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be
1: maybe easier for a lot of people moving back here after being away to fall into their old friend groups and then to strike out and you know you know you change a lot in 10 years obviously then strike out and like make new friends and get new social groups is is i guess yeah it, it takes time and i guess it can be sometimes daunting as well
0: yeah yeah and it's been you know it's yeah i feel really i mean now with covid it's a bit of a Mass, I'm sort of like, oh, are you guys still going to like me even though we haven't hung out in a year? I hope so. <laughs> um, that's been rough, but um, yeah.
1: I just had a question and it totally... Oh,
0: I guess, um, I mean,
1: I don't know. I, I feel like there's probably a, a lot of people in your boat who um, maybe have been like socialized heterosexuals, but maybe are realizing that they want to date um, women, men, whoever. Um, I guess, do you have any, like, tips or advice for people who are kind of, like, in their 20s or older and are just, like, starting to kind of come into this part of themselves? I guess um,
0: having a... I think seeking resources um, for LGBTQ to us people and like, you know, giving, allowing yourself to have a broad definition of what that means is a good, was really good for me. Um, You know, one of the definitions of bisexual that I really like is, um, I forget where this is from, but it's, um, you know, Acknowledging that you are attracted to two or more sexes, genders, and, and you know, not equally, not always at the same time, not always in the same capacity, but if you acknowledge that that exists in yourself, it's a kind of a a good definition that allows you to be easy on yourself and not feel like you're not queer enough to say that or hang out with these people. And um, that was definitely a big thing for me, especially people who are in heterosexual relationships often can, yeah, can feel really erased or um, like it's, yeah, like they're not queer enough, but um, yeah, having a really broad definition of what that means and um, getting to know um, more about the community and what it can mean, yeah, would be my main advice, I guess.
1: Mm. Great. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about anything we talked about or anything else? Um,
0: I'm kind of hoping that you're, um, that this is a lucky charm in the way that maybe it has been for some of the other people you've <laughs> interviewed. <laughs> and you might, uh, might, you might meet that special someone or yeah. some people, yeah, that's right, uh, no, yeah, definitely single and really I love being single, especially in covid time, to be honest, to like have my own space, not be in close quarters with someone who's gonna annoy me. It's been pretty great, but I'm really, yeah, looking forward to doing stuff with strangers again that's gonna be pretty fun (laughs) i think we're all there
1: with you for sure so thank you so much for your sharing it's been really great talking to you oh yeah it's been my pleasure this episode was recorded in whitehorse yukon music by jordan patrick i did the producing and editing do you want to sponsor us so we can hire a real producer? Or maybe you have feedback or want to be interviewed on this show. Email us, friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's frisky of 60 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on social media.